service tonight, Lord. Father, and as it was prayed, Lord, at the beginning of the service of God, Lord, there are many out there, Lord, doing different things tonight, but Lord, tonight you've gathered us at your feet, of oh God. And I believe that you've got something, Lord, that you have for us tonight, of oh God. Lord, you know every heart that is here tonight, of oh God, and I just pray tonight, Father, you move the vessel out of the way, Lord. Father, I pray you take away every distraction tonight, of oh God. Father, I pray, Lord, let the Holy Spirit so search through this building, Lord, in the way like never before, oh God. Oh, surely we can feel your presence here tonight, oh God. Father, we don't just want to let you sit down with dirty feet tonight, oh God. Father, we want to give ourselves to you tonight, Lord. Father, whatever you have for us tonight, we just yield to say, Lord, let it be unto us according to thy word, oh God. Father, come with a service into your hands, Lord. Take the speaker, take the hearer, oh God. Lord, just move, Lord God. Just speak, oh Father. We give it all into your hands in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, sir. God bless you, musicians. Thank you. Appreciate that. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. We greet you all in the name of the Lord. It's good to be at another young people's service. Amen. How many are glad to be here tonight? Amen. How many enjoyed the song service tonight? Amen. I'm sure good to see that. And um, uh, sure felt, felt like a service to, to preach, but I won't be doing so much preaching tonight. Uh, a few times have been on my heart for the last while, and I just want to share that with you tonight. Amen. Good to see you, Brother Moses. And I'm sure I want to share that um, uh, tonight. Amen. And 
So bear with us, amen. We'll, we'll just take it a little slow. And, um, and I'll just say, I just open your heart, amen. And, and um, you know, try, try to, to stay focused. I won't be long, um, but let's stay focused. And let's just let's just take the word tonight and let, let the Lord minister to us. Amen. Amen. How many say amen to that tonight? Amen. Amen. We sure love you all. We we had good reports from the camp and and we thank the Lord for that. Amen. I'm glad some of you were able to be there and and it was a blessing. Amen. We we sure love Brother Matthew Watkins. We had him in Belgium and so we sure good to hear he was here again and, and, and I believe it was a tremendous blessing. So Let's take a Bible tonight. We'll have a little bit of a lengthy reading, um, but just to have the picture of the story in our minds, and and we'll just dwell on that tonight. We uh, we'll just dwell on that story tonight. Amen. We'll go to Luke chapter twenty-four. Luke chapter twenty-four. Amen. And Luke twenty-four. Read from verse thirteen to verse verse thirty-two. Amen. Luke chapter four twenty-four, verse thirteen to thirty-two. Amen. Amen. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlong. And they walked and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But your eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another, as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said unto him, Are thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known uh, the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty and dead, and word before and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it, it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, Today is the truth day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of a company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen the vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre, and found it even so, as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophet have spoken. Ought not Christ, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, 
he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the word you may have your seat. Amen. Amen. I want to give it a title tonight. I want to just speak with just one word. Stay. Stay. Amen. Stay. I believe that, you know, that would be the desire of every young person here, or any mom, any dad. I believe our greatest desire would be to be, you know, constantly in communion with the Lord. Amen. Constantly just be in communion with the Lord. We, we would like to have him to stay and, and never have to grieve him away. You know, we'll just like to have him be with us wherever we go. Just, just, you know, be able to talk to him. If he was a man, if Jesus was to walk in flesh again here on earth, I can say everyone would like him to be our friend. Amen. We, we would like to go with him anywhere we go. We, we would like to talk to him. We, you know, we wouldn't ever want him to leave. We want to be wherever we are. We'd like Jesus to be with us. Amen. We'd like him to stay with us. Amen. And, 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 you know, the Lord, before he left his disciples, um, when, when he was leaving, he made a promise to them. And he said to them, uh, in Matthew, we believe Matthew 28, he said, And, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Even though he was about to depart from them in his physical body, but he said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Paul as well made a, make a statement in, in, in the book of Hebrew, and he will say that our God, he will never leave us, neither would he ever forsake us. Amen. That he will be with us always. So even though, you know, we may not have him in a physical form tonight, but our Lord is always with us. Amen. He wants to be with you wherever you are, whether you go to school, whether you go to work, whether you're home, wherever you are, the Lord wants to be with you. Amen. Now, we must have been somewhere in the morning. We believe that maybe, you know, Cleopas and his friend decided that they were going to make a journey and, and they were going to go back to Emmaus. See, it was a season where many of the people that followed Jesus had started to turn back to, to what they used to do because they couldn't understand what has happened. Now, they believed that he was the Messiah. They, they believed him. They had walked with him for, for a very long time. But now he's dead and, and there's some news coming that he's risen. But, but, but they can't comprehend. They can't bring the picture together. And so many of them decided that they'll go back to the work. Some said, we'll go back fishing like we used to do. And these two friends said, well, we'll go back to Emmaus where we came from and, and we'll go and do our work or whatever we used to do. See, they were going back. There were people that they were discouraged. Amen. They were discouraged. They were disappointed. Amen. Because this is the Jesus that they've seen do incredible miracles but name. He's dead. He's not with us anymore. Completely disappointed. They were heartbroken. Amen. They had many questions on their hearts that they didn't have an answer to. Amen. Many questions was on their heart. They were wondering what is this all about? And they couldn't have an answer to these questions. They were confused in their mind and they said, what has happened to this Jesus? You know, why did he leave us? We thought that he was going to be the one that would deliver us from the hands of the Romans. But now he was gone. And, and there was a lot of confusion in our mind. And, you know, as young people, as we are, we have come to uh, places in our lives where we've been discouraged. We've come to places in our life where we've been disappointed. Why? Because, you know, we, we've prayed about something. We asked the Lord for the Holy Ghost. We've been at the altar before. And, and there are many times that, you know, we've 
we've spent time with the Lord and, and we've given all that we could give. We've done all that we can do, but it seemed that nothing has happened. Amen. It has been weeks has gone by, days had gone by, and, and it felt like we were overcoming. It felt like we were walking the walk. It felt like we were talking the talk. It felt like the message was becoming real to us. But now, after some weeks go boy, here we are back again in the same cycle. Amen. And it feels like, where is Jesus? Amen. What has happened? Was I not sincere when I came to the altar? Did I do something wrong? Did I not lay it long enough? Why is he that, you know, it felt like he was there. It felt like I was free. It felt like I was delivered. It felt like the chains had been broken. But now here I am back again in the same cycle that I've been in before I went to the altar. And we start to ask a question to say, why did they not hear my prayers? Many of you have come from camp and I believe it was great and it was great experience there. And the Lord has met you. Listen, I, I'm speaking things that I've been through before. You've been to camps after camps. You've been to altars after altars. You've asked the Lord for the Holy Ghost. You've, you've done all these things over and over again. You've sat in services after services, but you find yourself back in the same cycle again. I've been there before. Over and over again, you're back in the same cycle. And you wonder, where is the Lord? Where is he at? Oh, I was sincere. I did all that I can do on my own self, but where is he at? And over and over again, and, and you wonder why. But, you know, the Lord will tell us a parable in the book of Matthew. Amen. And, you know, if I get beside myself this evening, don't worry about me. Amen. Don't worry about me. Amen. I, I've been really burdened. Amen. It's been on my heart for a very long time and I've been really burdened. Amen. Because it's been something I've been through myself, but I've seen God come under sin and deliver. Uh, you know, I know one thing that, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. If I've been through it, and there's some young person that's going through it. And I want you to know that God is here and he's more than able to deliver. He's more than able to set free. Amen. See, there's a parable in the Bible, amen. And, and Jesus will talk in Matthew, verse 12, verse, from, from, 20, from 43 to 45, amen. And, and he'll talk about an unclean spirit, amen. Now, an unclean spirit sometimes will think about it, be always going to be a devil, it's going to be this, 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 the hideous devil. But, but you know, fear is an unclean spirit, doubt is an unclean spirit, amen. Depression is an unclean spirit, anxiety is an unclean spirit. Are you with me this evening? They're all unclean spirits. Amen. Anything that is contrary to the word is an unclean spirit. Amen. And he'll talk about these unclean spirits. And he'll say, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. Now, I don't believe this is the bride. I don't believe this is the young people of today. Amen. Are you with me? I don't believe that the scripture is talking about you. Amen. Because he's talking about a wicked generation. We are not the wicked generation. This is not our scripture. I mean, isn't the Bible we read? It's a warning to us. But this is not talking about you. You are a different group of people. Amen. You're a people that God has chosen. That God has called. Amen. But you see, many a times, you know, when, when we come to these places, or when we come to a place, 
where we've come to an altar where we've emptied our heart and we've poured everything we could pour right in. And we've come ask the Lord, fill me with your spirit. And we ask the Lord, deliver me, set me free from, from this, 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 you know, whatever you're going through. And we've asked him, you know, we, we've laid everything down. And we've done everything and, and we wonder, did the Lord hear me? Because here I am back again. Let me say this to you, the Lord had you. The Lord had your prayer. The Lord answered your prayer. Because that's what he says in the scripture. You can look in John, you know, you can look, I think in Matthew chapter 7 verse 7, it says, You ask and it shall be given unto you. You seek and you shall find. You knock and it shall be opened unto you. In John chapter 14 from 13 to 14, it says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. So I want to assure you one thing, when you came to the altar, whatever you asked him, he heard you. His ears were not closed. He heard you. And he also answered. Amen. Is that that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now listen to the scripture. He said, if ye shall ask anything. Now he didn't put any limitation on it. Is that if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So whatever you ask them, According to his word, he will bring it to pass. Because we know that God always keeps his word. He always keeps his word. But the trouble is that we fail to feed the experience. We fail to feed the experience. That's where the trouble is at. We fail to feed the experience. We come out of such an atmosphere of, of, of a meeting or, or of, a, of a moment with the Lord, but we don't allow him to stay. We don't allow him to stay. And we fail to feed the experience. And we go back home and we do exactly the same things we did before the experience. Nothing changes. We don't feed the experience by the word, we don't feed the experience in prayer, but, but we just go back to what we used to do before we came to the altar. And let me say this, everything needs to be fed. If a baby is born, you don't feed that baby, the baby dies. You take a plant, you don't feed it with water, it dies. Everything needs to be fed. If it's not fed, it dies. And when we come and we have an experience with the Lord, if it is not fed, it dies. God had you. God answered. But we didn't feed it. It's like we met him and, and, and he said, you know, I'm happy to meet you. And, and we shook hands and we booked an appointment to say, I'll meet you again on this certain day. And then we didn't show up. He was there. He did it. He answered. He was ready to walk with you. But then we chose, you know what, I'll just go, I'll walk by myself. And we go back and we're doing the same things again. Before the experience. And then we wonder, well, why? Because we're not feeding the experience. We're not feeding the experience. If there ever was a time I believe that we ought to stay in the world, I believe it's now, church. 
If there ever was a time we need to be in prayer, I believe it is now. I haven't told this power in prayer, young people. There's incredible power in prayer. God allows situations to happen because he wants to hear your prayer and answer your prayer to encourage you to know that I am listening to you and I am with you. He's done it with me many a times. There is power in prayer. And Satan knows it. And one thing I find with young people, many young people are sitting with, is the lack of a prayer life. Because Satan knows the paradise in prayer. He knows how we can change. He knows how. Because once you start to get in prayer, you start to long for the word. You start to long to be in his presence. You start to get in a sort of relationship with him. When you start to pray and you see him answer, you go back again because you said, the same one I prayed, we answered. And this is even harder, but he'll do it again. And he'll do it again. And he'll do it again. And he'll do it again and again. And what is he doing? Your faith increases. Your trust in him increases. This is the season that we need to get down on our knees. And it doesn't have to be on your knees, but to be in fellowship with him, in communion with him. Prayer is such an important thing. It's so important. It has changed my life. It has transformed my life. When I gave my heart to the Lord, and I, I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know which way to turn. And so all I knew was, you know, what one thing I know in the Bible is that you can pray. And I just started praying. And I get down on my knees and I pray for a few minutes and I am up, but I, I didn't stop. I kept on praying. We had moved to Ireland back then, and, and when I gave my heart to the Lord, and, and I was trying to find a job, because my school wasn't going to start for about a year. And I went on my knees and prayed and prayed and prayed. But it looked like I was not receiving or getting that job. Back then, I didn't understand. And I said, why is the Lord not answering? Why is the Lord not answering? But what was he doing? He was trying to build a trust. He was trying to build a trust. Sometimes when you go into prayer and it looks like the Lord is not answering, it's taking so long, don't stop. He's trying to build a trust. He's training you. I didn't realize it back then. Today I look back and I realize what he was doing. To see what are you going to do? You're just going to quit because, you know, for the first few days you prayed, it didn't hear your prayer or answer your prayer. There's power in prayer. Eventually he answered, but not the way I thought he would answer. But he answered. He will always answer because he made the promise, whatever you ask in my name, oh, he will do it. He will answer it. But he's waiting for someone to ask, someone to be there and, and just wait. On him. Abraham waited for 25 years and we had a seed of Abraham. He trusted him. See, God wants us to be totally delivered. God wants us to be completely filled. God wants us to, 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 to fully have control of our lives. That's God's desire. But Abraham was saying total deliverance. Bless you for playing that, that prayer meeting, Brother Moses. Is that then just like you, if you are a Christian, is that God don't make any halfway Christians. 
God makes complete Christians. So if you're sitting here this evening and you say, you know, my life is being hard for you. It feels like I have one foot in, one foot out. It feels like I'm not walking the walk. Let me say this. That's not what, where God wants you to be. Because God does not make a halfway Christian. God makes a full Christian. Is that God don't make a halfway preacher, but the preacher can be halfway. And God makes his children Christians, but sometimes they are halfway Christians. Now he tells us how. Is that, but it's, it's not God's intention for them to be that way. And it's that it's their own ways God mixed up with God, with the plan of God for their life. And that's what makes them the way they are. So what makes you halfway say is that when our ways get in the way of the plan of God. When our business get in the way of the plan of God. When our friends get in the way of the plan of God. When our activities and our games get in the way of the plan of God. I'm not saying don't have activity. I'm not saying don't play. I'm not saying don't have friends. But are they the main ten or is God the main ten? Who has got the first place? God don't want them to be half a Christians or half a preacher compromising on either side. Or wants them... He wants them to completely stand in the breach. Let me say to those young people, that's our inheritance. That's what we've been called to be. Complete Christians. The young people that are totally delivered. Are we going to face battles? Yes, we'll face battles. Are we going to face trials? Yes, we'll face trials. Is the enemy going to point his guns at us and try us and do it different? Yes, he will. But we've been promised deliverance. We've been promised overcoming power. Amen. That is our inheritance, amen. We have been chosen and called to be anointed with the Holy Ghost, amen. We are the ones through which God wants to fight the battle, which, which God wants to continue in his work, amen. We are born to be here to be tormentors of the kingdom of hell, amen, and not to be tormented by the enemy. We're here to torment the kingdom of hell. See, we've been on the defensive for too long, young people. It's time to move on the offensive, amen. We, we've been resting on the ring and, and taking all the punches like Brother Ed have been saying. But it's time to punch him back. It's time to say, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and just let you pull me and throw me around into this cycle. I am here to be a son of God. I am here to overcome. And the power, the, the authority is in, on the inside of me for me to be able to do it. It is not me fighting the battle. It is him fighting the battle is a promise that he has made him and I have accepted him and I, and I am given everything into his hands and, and I tell you God will fight your battle for you he's more than able to deliver he's more than able to set free he's more than able to fill you with the Holy Ghost and, and not let it, this Christian walk become a roller coaster of a going down and, and a coming back up and a going low God wants you to stay stable and, and be walking with him amen that's what he's called us to be, amen. You see, many times when we find ourselves in these cycles, where it's constantly an altar, weeks, months later, back in the same brought again, and we find ourselves in the same, in the cycle, you know what starts to happen? We start to lose confidence. We start to lose confidence. We start to lose confidence in ourselves, 
And we start to lose confidence in the word. We start to lose confidence. We start to get discouraged. And then we think, well, maybe I'm just going to quit. There's no point of me trying anymore. I'm just going to live with it. That's the conclusion many times we come with. We come to, I'm just going to live with it. I'll accept it, I'll live with it. And whenever I can, you know, whenever it happens, it happens, but I'm just going to live with it. Because I, I've done everything I can, and, and this cycle hasn't changed, so I'm just going to live with it. But you don't have to live with it. You don't have to live with it. That is an unclean spirit, whatever it is. It is an unclean spirit. You don't have to live with it. Amen. You don't have to live with it. See, there's where Cleopas and his friend had come to. They had given up everything. They've walked with Jesus for years, three and a half years. That's where they had come to. They've given everything following Jesus' name. Looks like he's gone and they left alone. They're going back to where they were before they met Jesus. It's like they've made a loop and now they're going back. They met Jesus on the road, but now it's like, well, we're going back to, to what we used to be. We've been at the altar before, but well, you know what? We don't know what happened to this Jesus. We're going back to where we used to be. We're going back in the same cycle again. And so they decided, well, you know, we, we're going to go back to Mayors and we'll start our business again. And, and you know, we'll start and we'll keep on doing what we used to do. But you see, deep in their hearts, there's something still pulsating. And I can say, without any shadow of doubt, deep in everyone's heart, there's something still pulsating. Because when I was going through my cycle, there was something still pulsating in my heart to say Jesus is still real. To say God can still set free. God can still deliver. I don't have to bite down to this. I don't have to stay where I am at. There's something deep in your heart to say, this Jesus proved to be the Messiah. There's something in your heart that was saying, this message that this Jesus had was the message for our day. And if we could get into the conversation for a moment, maybe Cleopas was asking his friend, how could a man take two fishes and five loaves and feed 5,000? How could a man do that? No man can ever do that. How could a man walk on water? How could a man do that? How could a man, you know, have a woman that, that is brought to him and, and she's caught in adultery and, he, and he's able to condemn the woman's accusers and tell the woman that she's forgiven and all her sins have been washed. How could a man do that? There is no man that can forgive sins. How could a man open blinded eyes? How could a man discern the thoughts of, of the people? How could a man meet a woman at the well? And tell her everything about her life. How could a man ever do that? There's something in your heart saying, this Jesus had something. And there's something I have to say, this message has got something. This message is real. This God is real. They kept on asking themselves, how could a man do all these things? 
Surely he must have been the Messiah, but now he's dead and, and they're saying he's risen and they can't find his body. It, it just doesn't make sense. Surely he has proven to be the Messiah. But you know what? We can't understand, so we'll just go back. We'll just go back and we'll just, just let it be what it is. We don't have to go back. We know that this message is true. We've seen this message deliver. We've seen this message set free. We, we've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost. We've seen this message transform life. Now let me ask you, how could a man stand on a platform and tell someone his address that he's never seen before? How could a man proclaim and say, let there be squirrels and there are squirrels over there? How could a man turn a stone back? That wasn't a man. There was a God that was in a man. And that God was proven to us that he can do the same thing through you. You wouldn't be deceiving him. He was proven that he can do the same thing to you. And actually that is his very purpose why he has sent the message. And we know that this message is true. We know that it is powerful. We know that it can deliver. We know it can set us free. Amen. But these cycles comes, and we wonder why. We've seen it deliver other people. We've seen set other people free. We've seen it fill other people with the Holy Ghost. But sometimes we ask ourselves, where is our Elijah? Where is my God? Where is the God of this message in my life? We know that this message can deliver. We know it can set free. But where is my victory? Where is my freedom? Why is it that things hasn't changed in my life? Why is it that I've been where I'm at? Why? Why have I lost the hunger for the Lord? Why is that other people can get in the presence of the Lord and worship? Why can I not worship that way? What is holding me down? What is holding me bound? What is the weight that is upon my shoulder? Why can I not just be free in the house of the Lord? And, and I always have to watch out. And, and it's like we always thinking about the one next to us. What are they going to think? Maybe I've gotten too religious. Oh, I don't know. And, and we get so worried about other people around us. But God is saying, I want you. I want to use you. We fill a burden in our heart. But we push it back because of our surrounding. Because the one around us. But God is saying, it's me. Accept me. Let me work through you. There was a woman one time, we had a testimony before, she was in a service, it was a Louisiana camp, and, 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 and she had been through many battles and many struggles, and, and, and she was struggling with suicidal spirit, and she had coats on her hands, and she sat in a service, and the Spirit of the Lord started to move in that service, and something pressed in her hand to say, raise up your hands, but he said, if I raise my hands, everyone is going to know and see what I have been doing. But she listened to that voice and raised her hand. By the time she brought her hands back down, every scar was gone off of her hand. We ask ourselves, why? Why am I going through this cycle? Where is my Holy Ghost? Where is my burning bush experience? Where is that something that can keep me stable? Where is that something that can keep me going? Where is that something that oh, I don't have to constantly, it feels like I always need a calm to revive myself. I always need, you know, an altar to revive myself. I always need something to revive myself. I just can't keep, I just can't stay. Where is that, God? Why am I in the cycle? 
You know, as Cleopas and his friends started to wonder and have these questions, as these desires started to burn in their hearts and they started to wonder, you know, a man just stepped by them and started to walk with them. And he started to ask them questions to say, well, why are you sad? Why are you sad? Why are you worried? Why are you depressed? Why are you anxious? Why are you fearful? Start to ask them questions. Why? Why are, you, why are you having these conversations? Why are you having these thoughts in your mind? See, God has not forgotten you, young person. He's always been there. The scripture read in the beginning, it said, He's never going to leave you, never is He ever going to forsake you. He'll be with you till the end of the world. Maybe you have wondered and you have asked yourself questions. You know, maybe, you know, some of us sometimes sit in the service. And, you know, song service will go and, and, and it'll be wonderful. But as the preaching will start to come, our minds start to shift. Our minds start to shift. We get distracted. All the thoughts start to come in our mind and we start to lose the train of thought that the preacher is God. Once in a while we step in and, and we catch a little glimpse of what he said, but really we can't connect the pieces. Because very soon our mind is back off again. We just can't stay focused. And over and over again. And after the service, we see the Spirit of the Lord moving and we're standing there and we're wondering what happened. What happened? And they come to the next service and it's the same thing. Our minds are just gone. Our presence is here, but we are not here. Maybe that's where some of us have been. Over and over again in a service. Over and over again. Distracted. Not because we want to be that way. But because it's just like we don't know what it is. We don't understand why is it that way. Why can I not just stay focused in the service? And God is speaking. Because it's not a man. God is speaking. But it's like we're not hearing. It looks like we get this gulf between us and God. We come this chasm between us and God. We know him. We know he's real. But really, it's like we don't have that relationship. We, we're not just there with him. I wonder sometimes, why can we not just be... Just be a simple believer. Why can I not just be a Christian? Just a simple Christian, just walking the life, just just being a Christian. 
but over and over again it just feels like you're just going around in this cycle over and over again the services come services go sometimes we're tired i tell you there have been services i have been tired but i don't know how but some somehow when the prince of the low start and move something strengthens me Something strengthens me and, and, and it, it takes me through the service. Well, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. We don't have to have that, this disconnection in the service. We don't have to have it. Sometimes we, we, we just, you know, lay down on the fact that, well, we're young people. We're just growing up. One day when we grow up, uh, you know, we'll be able to be more stable in our minds and we'll be able... No. If you don't start now, it won't change. It won't change. It won't change. I've had someone tell me before, young man growing up, and that was his life in service. Over and over again, he was sit there and it was just gone. And, and that's what he thought. One day, when I grow up and I become like, you know, Brother Jared or something, definitely I'm going to be able to stay focused. And ages went by, years went by, and it never changed. It never changed. Got married, had kids, and now... How do I do a devotion? How do I answer my kids' questions? He said, I don't have to strand. I don't have anything in me. I need to go and start over again. I needed the Holy Ghost. Because over and over again, I have sat in service for years. And every service just went by me. I thought one day when I grew up, it would change. One day when I get married, it would change. But he said it never changed. And he said I had to go by the hard way. And God is merciful. God is gracious. Why do we have to let it be that way, young people? Why couldn't we not just have him stay? Just have him stay and be like, just have him be there with us while we're in the service. Not have a mind's been thrown this path and this way and just have them be there. We're building a future now. You say one thing, he hears your cry. Just like they were crying, those two on the way to Emmaus and wandering and having these questions. He heard your cry. And he drew nigh. He drew nigh to them. Brother Branham was said, and as they were going, speaking about him, he walks along the side, and they don't recognize him. He said, many times he's been at our side. He said, yonder in the hospital when our doctor, when your doctor turned you down, all he could do, but you got well, you didn't realize that's who it was. When that car went right in front of you, and you slammed the brakes and just barely missed them, you didn't realize that's who it was sitting at your side. He's been with you in so many, many times. When the barrel was empty during the depression, the children had no clothes. You, 
you never you never know where the next meal was coming from. Somehow you made it. You didn't realize it was him. See? How you've been blessed. If you only knew that it's him that you love that's with you. Is that as they went along, he said to them, why are you so sad? I wonder if you'd say the same thing to this little gathering here tonight. Why are you so sad? Why are you so weary? Why is it that it looks like out there is more fun, but in here is not fun anymore? Why is it that the service is more of a burden than of a blessing? We can't wait to get out. We can't wait for the preacher to finish preaching. Why is it so? Is that what we give back to the Lord? After all that he's done for us? That we don't even want to spend time with him to sit in his presence for a moment and just have our minds on him in that moment. Just a just few, two, three hours to be in his presence. Just, just to give everything to him. Just for that moment even. We can't give him that and how much more are we going to go home and, and, and spend time with him in prayer. Young people, I'm just trying to share my burden. Some of us have done that for years. And we've got accustomed to it. And we've got used to it. And it's become normal. That's just the way service is. We just go in, we sit down, we sing song, they preach, whatever they say, fine, we go out. We can't wait to go and do the next thing. Why are you so sad? What makes you so weary? Why, they said. Why, they said, are you just a stranger? They didn't know him. And you don't know who that is sitting right next to you tonight. The Bible said we have entertained angels on our words. God sending a spirit to, spirit to an individual, and that individual is a mouthpiece. When you receive that individual, you don't receive, you don't receive him, but you receive him that sent him. Jesus said, when you receive me, you receive not me, but you receive my father that sent me. He said, you get it? What did he do? He started to explain to them the scriptures when he started to walk with them. If I could just take just some few moments, church, young people. This message is the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. That's what this message is. The revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you. Malachi chapter 4 said, Behold, I sent you. Not the preacher, not the father, but I sent you, Elijah the prophet. This message came to you. Malachi 4 is yours, is mine, is ours. I sent you, Elijah the prophet. What was Elijah the prophet supposed to do? He was Eliezer. What was Eliezer supposed to do? Bring you in marriage with Isaac. He came to you and he started to speak to you and tell you about Isaac. Tell you about the powers of Isaac. Tell you about the supernatural. What Isaac is desiring to do on the inside of you.
His dad will explain and tell you all these things about him. And then he asks the question, will you go? Will you go? Would you want to go and meet this Isaac? Would you want to take this journey? That's what Eliezer came to do. To introduce you to the king of kings, to the lord of lords. To the great and mighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. The unfailing God, the unchanging God. The one that can do the impossible. The one that works miracles. The one that heals the sick. The one that delivers. He came to introduce you to him. He came to bring you in contact with him. To bring you in a marriage, in a relationship with him. That's what he came to do. And he asked, will you go? Will you go with me? Will you go with me to go and meet this Elijah? He said, I have never met him, but he said, he's real. I know him. I've experienced him. He's a God that can create him. He's a God that can use my mind to create him. He's a God that can use me to bring healing to the people. He's a God that can use me to bring discernment. He's a God that can use me to have faith and to believe for the impossible. That's who he is. Don't you worry about having not met him. I will bring you to him. And as he did to me, he will do to you. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I said, will you go? But some of us are still wondering, some of us are still wondering, should I go, should I not go? We haven't made a decision yet, should I go or should I not go? Or some of us have started a journey, but now it's getting weary. It is hot down in the desert while we're on this camel. When are we ever going to get to this Jesus Eliezer? And we're getting weary about the journey and we start to think, should we go back? How come I can have this experience with God? And we're on this journey and it looks like a cycle. All I have been seeing in this journey is just deserts and deserts and deserts. All I've been seeing is dryness and dryness and dryness. It feels like God is not real to me. And it feels like we're in a wilderness journey. But Eliezer's purpose cannot be defeated. No matter how dry it is, he's got a purpose. He's bringing you to him. He knows where he's at. He knows that he's there. That's what this message came to do. To bring us in contact with him. To a marriage relationship. Amen. That's what he came to do. Amen. That same, that same scripture, scripture of Malachi will say. To turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. Or turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. And the hearts of the children back to the fathers. To bring us to an experience. To bring to that day of Pentecost again. That filling of the Holy Ghost. That's what this message came to do. To restore us back again. Not just, just to a Pentecostal experience. But take us all the way back. Not just to the Garden of Eden. But take us all to the way back. To the beginning. When we were in his mind. Who we were there, what he thought we were, that he could bring us back, bring us to an adoption. That's what his message came to do. That he may fill us with the Holy Ghost. That we may do the same works that he did. Because he said, what I did, you can do also. If he overcame the enemy by the word, then we can overcome the enemy by the word. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 he said, is that what ye little children? Is that ye are of God, little children? And have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
You've got a greater one on the inside of you that will overcome. Why? Because in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, he says that there's going to be only overcomers that are going to be sitting with him to rule in his throne. That is your position. Whether you get there as a young person, whether you get there as an elderly person, that is still your position. You were born to be an overcomer. You were born to, to, to be a victorious person. That is our position. Amen. The Holy Ghost, as he said, is only to the elect. That he may have the preeminence in you. In the book of Revelation, it tells us, take that book and eat the book. Some of us have taken the book, but we haven't eaten the book. We're still holding the book in our hands. We're believing that this is the truth. We know that this is the truth, but we haven't eaten the book. We haven't got to a place where we're feeding on the word. But we hold on the book. We've taken the book. But it said, eat the book. Because you have to prophesy again. You have to become my mate piece now. So eat the book. Stay in the word. And you become like me. You start to believe for the impossible. Because the God of the impossible is in you. He'll bring you a sound mind, a mind that can stay in contact with him, stay concentrated on the service. Oh, hallelujah. He'll break your cycle. Just like Jesus came and one man broke the cycle of sin. One sacrifice. He broke the cycle of sin. You didn't have to come back over and over again every year and bring another lamb or, or whatever you had to bring. You didn't have to do that again. Just one sacrifice. It broke the cycle. That same one is on the inside of you. And he can break your cycle. Just that one person. He can break your cycle. This is our inheritance. This is our promise. If he would have walked with us, I'm sure there would be more that he would have spoken. But these are just some few highlights that I'm just bringing out to you. Of the message that we've received in our day. Of the power that lies on the inside of us. Of the power that lies in the seed on the inside of us. That God is wanting to release by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You see, after he had expounded all these things to these two, two, two fellows, Cleopas and his friend, it came a time that they had to make a decision. They had to make the decision. It was evening. It was dark. It was late. And now they had to make a decision. Are we going to let him go? Or are we going to let him stay? Are we going to let him go or are we going to let him stay? We were on our way going back to our old ways. We had been in this cycle for so long. We were on our way going back. But he started to walk with us. He started to tell us things that we've had before. But now it's become real. He started to tell us things that 
It's got weight to it. It's got truth to it. But we can just let him go. Or we can constrain him to stay. Brother Brandon will speak and say. And as they journeyed on. On the day. The day becoming down and night. As they journeyed on the day. Become drawing nigh to the close. And they were very interested. They know that the man spoke a little different from ordinary line of clergyman. And as he went along the road name, they got near the city where they were going. He said, now quickly and quickly name as we close, he said. He said, as they got near to the place where they were going to stay, he made out like he was going to go on, boy. The Bible said he did. How many times he makes out like he's going to go to pass, you boy? Well, last night there was chairs sitting here and cots laying here. And tonight the chairs are empty. And, and there are people here. And the cots are empty. And the people are here. Well, why don't you get me? Brother Brandon is asking the question. Well, now a lot of times he makes out like he's going to pass you, boy. But he never does. He just does that. You remember. Blind friend Crosby's hymn, Pass me not, O gentle servant. Hear my humble cry while on others that I would call and do not pass me, boy. Is that watch him? He speaks. He makes out like he's going to go by them. But they constrain him to come in. They persuaded him to come in. Oh, come and abide with us. And he's never invited unless he comes. He said, when you'll invite him and open the doors of your heart, Christ will always receive that invitation. Brother Abraham said, he's waiting and longing and anxious to get to that invitation. If it's preaching the word, if it's seeing his works, seeing the sunset, seeing the sunrise, watch the flower bloom, or the prophet prophesying, miracle or sign, whatever it is, he's trying to speak to your heart to get in. Did you know that? He said, now you ask him to come in and he will come in. Listen, tonight it may look like he's going to pass you by. He may make us he's going to pass you by again. It may look like, you know what, it's just another service and maybe it's just going to be the same thing again. You know, it was Brother John Manasseh that came here not long ago and started to share his testimony. And he said, you know, I was in a cycle. And he said, over and over again, I was going through the cycle. And he said, I was done trying to go to the altar. Because whenever I'll go, I'll go back home and it'll be the same thing again. Is that I was done doing that. But is that one day in the service, the Lord started to move on my heart. And is that I went up and I said, Lord, this time let it be different. I don't want it to be the same this time. Either it be different or I don't want to have anything to do with this. He was ready to constrain him. He was ready to say, come and stay. Come and stay. Because when uh, this time uh, you come and stay, 
and I'll do all that I can. I'll throw everything I need to throw away. I'll give everything to it. I'll put myself in it. He may do a see if he's, may make a see if he's going to walk you by tonight. But if you will constrain him and say, come and stay. Come and stay. I've been in the cycle for so long. Come and stay. One day I feel like I've got the Holy Ghost. The next day it's like I don't have it. One day, you know, I'm living such a spiritual life and I'm, I'm walking with the Lord and it, it, it's such a victorious time. The next day, it's like I'm the worst sinner in the city. Saying, if you constrain me to stay, you've had my word. You've, this is not the only preaching you've had. You've had many preachings. Brother Andrew has been on the Holy Ghost uh, since almost since we started young people this year. And we've had it, and we've had it over and over again. But have we constrained him? Have we invited him to say, come and stay? Come and stay. We can let him go back. We can let him, you know, they had a choice that evening. They could have let him just go by and say, it was good hearing you. It was good hearing the tent you said. But, you know, we, we've got to a destination and, and we just have to go, so you go on ahead. They could have said that to him. But they said, no, wait, come in. Come in, come and talk to us. Come and tell us a little more. Listen, I, I'm just sharing some few things with you. But there is more that he wants to reveal to you. If you will constrain him. There is more that he wants to use you to do if you will constrain him. When he got in there, they closed the door. They closed the door behind them. They say it's time to close the door of fear. It's time to close that door of reasoning and that door of distraction. It's time to close those doors behind ourselves and just shut them with him. And say, come and stay. Come and reveal yourself to him. And another quote, Brother Branham will say, when they invited him in, when their eyes were open, they knew who they were. They knew who they were, not just who he is, but who they were. You can hear that in the proof of his resurrection. I won't get into that tonight. But they get to know who they were when they constrain him to come and to stay. Let me encourage you tonight, young people. Invite him to stay. To come in to stay in our heart. To be, don't leave. And he'll start to unfold himself to you. He'll start to reveal himself to you. How do you have him stay? Get into the word. Get into prayer. Let him stay. Stay in communion with him. And he'll start to reveal himself to you. you start to know who you are. you start to know the, you start to unlock the power that is on the inside of you. The authority that is on the inside of you. It'll start to unlock itself. You start to find that your life is different. The atmosphere around you is different. The people that come around your name feel different. Why? Because you have constrained them to stay. 
You didn't let him go when you had obeyed him that day. In that youth service or in the other service or whichever service. You didn't let him go. But you let him stay. And I'm saying this. It is not just the service. But every service it comes by him. Every service he draws nigh. He walks with you. And it almost looks like he'll walk away. But you constrain him to stay. It may feel like it's just going to be another service. It may feel like, you know what, uh, I'm sitting here, but I am still on the same thing that you're talking about. I am sitting here, but my mind is still not there. That's why maybe you are at tonight. I am sitting here, but my mind is not there. If you were to ask me what was spoken tonight, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Because my mind wasn't there. Let me say that that can change tonight. It doesn't have to be that way. You know what it is? It is Satan robbing you. It is Satan robbing you. It doesn't have to stay that way. It can change. Branham says, read this last quote as we wind down to close. Is that tonight, if you only shut off your theology for a few minutes, shut off your worries and take Christ into your heart. Close off the world and all, all around you and just let him come in. And he will do something here tonight just like he used to do. When he was here on earth before the resurrection. And you'll see that he is the risen Christ. Quickly he vanished out of the side. And they rang back light footed, light hearted saying. That indeed the Lord has risen from the dead. We know it. We've seen him do something just the same way he did before his crucifixion. And to us he's risen from the dead and alive forevermore. Is that that same Lord Jesus Christ, I declare by his word, is here tonight. And if you'll only let him get into your heart, he will do the very same thing he did when he was here on earth. Or I am a false witness of the Bible and the resurrection. That is the prophet. Is that if you let him in your heart, and he doesn't do the same thing, then he's a false witness. How much confidence does he have in that God? That's the Eliezer. And he's telling you the confidence he's got in the Isaac that he's introducing you to. If you will let a man, and he doesn't do the same thing, then he's a false witness. And we know he's not a false witness. And I can testify he's not a false witness. Because when I let a man, he did the same thing that he did before his crucifixion. He said, challenge you of that. How could you turn it down? He said, if you will, will you receive him? Will you raise your hand and say, I receive it? If he will return to, do, to, to this building tonight and will do the things that he did when he was here on earth. Is that I myself will believe. If you will constrain him. 
Listen, many times we put it on the Lord. He'll do it. He'll do it. Indeed, he will do it. But are we going to allow him to come and do it? Are we going to constrain him and say, come in? You do it. I surrender it to you. Let me say this. You sitting here you, and you know. Listen, you can lie to yourself, but you know that you don't have that desire. You know you don't have that burden to get into prayer. That burden, you don't have that desire. There's not that something in you that is desiring to be in the word. Listen, young people, let us not be Catholics. Let us not be Catholics that we let the priest do all the work. We let the preacher do the, 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 the reading. We let the preacher do the praying. We let the preacher do the, the studying. We let the preacher do the, the, the listening of the message. And we just the Catholics that come to church. And we just sit on the pew and we hear what the preacher says. And we go and we do our own thing. The preacher will take care of the rest. We are not called to be Catholics. We are not Catholics. We are sons and daughters of God. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. This is your message. You hear and you know that you don't have that desire in your heart. To stay in the word, to get in the word. You know there is something that's not there. And it's you trying to do it and you're forcing yourself and you find yourself keep on failing. It can change tonight. It doesn't have to be that way. If you will constrain him to stay. You may be here tonight and you're saying, I can't really say that I've got the Holy Ghost. Listen, young people, it's time to be honest. This is not a moment to feel like I'm going to be ashamed. Now, what are they going to think about me? Listen, what is he thinking about you? And we, we get so shy about, well, he'll think, that, oh, so all along he didn't have the Holy Ghost. Oh, really? Now you understand. Oh, that's why you did that. Oh, that. Listen, if you think that way, you've got a problem. You need to be real to yourself. It's time to be honest. It's time to be sincere. It's time to honestly say, I need help. It's time to honestly say, I need help. Listen, I don't have that desire. I need it. Let this Lord come. I want to constrain him. It's time to be honest, young people. We've been running around the cycle for too long. Where church have become just a common thing to just come in and sit down and go home. It's time for it to change. There's no burning desire in our hearts. Where are the young people that are on fire for God? Where are the young people that are, there's a desire, there's a burning on your heart to be there for the Lord? Where are the young people that has a desire to come for a prayer meeting and stay on your knees and, and call on the Lord? Where are the young people? Have we reduced this message to just being something that, 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 that is just come and, and we believe it and daddy believes it and that's all we've reduced it to? This is our message. This is our word. God loves you. Those God cares about you. He wants to reveal himself to you. If you constrain him, he wants to break the bread to you. Do something that you will know that it is him. I tell you.
Daddy, one day when the, the eyes were open, there was a burning desire in their hearts. They couldn't stand still. They ran to Jerusalem to tell the people, He is risen. He is alive. Why? Because he had revealed them so personally to them. You couldn't, you couldn't burn an eye of them. You could put him in the prison. It didn't change because they saw him. They met him. He broke the bread to them. They knew it was him. It was the same Lord Jesus Christ. You could lay stripes on your back. They will not recant. They will not turn back because they've met the Lord. Listen, let me say this to you, young person. There are hard times coming. There are hard times ahead that if the Lord is not inside of you, you will turn your back on him. You will be the Peter. But I say this, God didn't call you to be a Peter. He didn't call you to be a Peter, to deny him. He's called you to be a son of God. He's called you to be a daughter of God. It's time to be honest, young people. Wherever you are at, to be honest and say, Lord, this is where I'm at. I need you. I'm constraining you tonight. Come in. Reveal yourself to me. I don't want to be a Peter that denies you. I don't want to come to the end of the road and be cast away. You say, well, but I'm predestinated. I'm going to make it anyway. Your life proves that if you're predestinated or not. Your desire proves if you're predestinated or not. If someone is claiming he's predestinated and he's going out doing whatever he wants, I tell you, I'm not the one to judge, but the fruits are speaking later than his confession. It's time to be honest, young people. I'm, there are ministers in this building tonight. Brother Moses is here. Brother John is here. Brother Jared is there. There's a deacon here. Listen, I don't care where you are at this evening. This is the burden the Lord laid on my heart. If you're in a position where you say, oh, I don't know, I can't say for surety that I've received this Holy Ghost, that I've had been spoken about and, 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 and it's been taught and through this all young people's services and I've just been one that has been wondering about it. But I can't really tell them and say this. We are here. If you need prayer, we will pray with you. I believe in that God that can fill with the Holy Ghost. I believe in that God that he said, they laid their hands upon the people and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. You may say, well, Brother Max, we've gone past that name. It's just speak the word and we receive it. Well, I believe that. And if that's the way you receive it, praise the Lord. Because one time when the word was preached, they received the Holy Ghost. But let me say this, if your faith is not in that, but you desire in prayer, let me say this, we're here to pray with you. There was Thomas in the Bible. That he was standing there, he was looking at Jesus. And he said, until I put my fingers through those hands and on a side, I cannot believe it is him. His faith was relying on having to touch him. And you know, Jesus didn't push him away and say, you know, you're looking at me and you don't believe me. Well, get out of here, Thomas. No, he said, here is my hands. Here is my side. If that is what it will help you to be able to believe me, here it is. 
And that is what I'm saying tonight. If that is what will help you, if it is praying with us, here you, here to pray with you. There was a woman in the Bible that, that had a son that was dead, and, and he went to the prophet, and the prophet told him, here is my staff, take my staff, and go lay it upon the baby. But the woman's fate was not in the staff. The fate was in the prophet. And he said, I want you to come to my house and you to touch my son and you to heal him. And the prophet, what did he do? He did it because that was where her fate was lying. Now I'm saying, young person, wherever your fate is lying tonight, move according to it. Because the scripture said, let us operate, I'm just paraphrasing, let us operate according to the measure of fate that has been given to us. So if that is your measure of faith, don't be ashamed of it. But let's be honest and let's be sincere. If service after service, your mind has been always gone. Has been always gone. You've never been able to stay focused for more than 30 minutes in the service. And you're desiring a change. You can receive that change. We're here to pray with you. Listen, we're not here to make yourself bigger than anything. We've been through these struggles before. And it's God's grace that we've been able to overcome. It's not by anything that we've done. It's not because God has given us some supernatural power. We had to fall on each still. We had to have hands laced on too. We're not talking from up here, down here. We've been there before. We've, we keep on struggling. We keep on having battles coming our lives too. But God is faithful because we, we constrain him to stay. And he gives us strength. And that same God can give you strength tonight. Musicians, come. Same God can give you strength tonight. Man, look like he's going by tonight. But you can constrain him tonight. You can constrain him tonight to say, you know what? I came to this young people service and just like I came to every young people service, I showed up because it's a young people service. I couldn't stay home because mama said as young people, I got to go to young people. So I went to young people. But now you just came. But Jesus has come passing you, boy. And he's, he's telling you the struggles that you've had and the battles that you've been facing years after years. And he's saying, if you constrain me tonight, I'll change it. Church, I'm talking about a living God. I'm not talking about a dead God. I'm not talking about a God of history, but a God that lives. Start playing that song softly, please. Sat here. But looking for the realities of God. The realities of God. Not an emotion, but the reality. The true living God on the inside of you. He's real. I've met him. 
I know he's real. If you haven't met him and you don't know him, you can meet him tonight. He'll reveal himself to you in a way like never before. Whichever way your fate lies, I'm just saying you be honest. You be sincere. Don't keep going around in this cycle. Don't. God care to come here tonight to share these words with you. It's not me. This thought has been on my head it's almost a year now. It is your choice. Because at that point, they had to decide we constrain him or we let him go. You know where you at, I don't know. But if you be honest with God, God knows where you're at. Let's listen to the service pride and Brother Brandon was in, 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 in Louisville, Kentucky, and he was preaching. And he said, Brother Brandon will preach the service and he'll come to the end of that service. And he started to call the people to say, you know. If you need the Lord to touch you, to be filled with the Spirit of God, you know, come and we'll pray with you. And Brother Branham, now I don't know, but it felt like no one moved. Brother Branham asked the question, what's going on here? He said, what's going on here? He said, now he, he was a prophet and he knew. And he said, I can see you, sister, sitting over there. He said, you know there's a dark shadow over you. But you know you have to be here, but you're not. Now, I'm not trying to work on emotion. I'm just being honest. I'm just trying to get to a place to say, listen. Be honest with God. Let us not let it be a game, a play in church. Out there, we'll have fun. We'll enjoy your friends. It's great. But in here. Let's, let's build a relationship. Let's come to a place where he can stay. The door we can be out there and have a, a great time with our friends, but we can go home and spend time with him. Talk to him. Have him talk back to us. Just say, if you need prayer, we're here, but Moses is here, but John is here. If you need prayer for whatever it is, if it is a cycle you've been in, if it's the Holy Ghost you need, if it's a battle you're going through, whatever it is, we're here to pray with you. We're here to pray with you. It doesn't have to be this way, young person. It doesn't have to be. Help us sing. Oh 
Thank you.